Welcome to the Momnificent Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them even in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Karin Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Momnificent Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. More than half of all Americans either have been or will be included in a blended family during their lifetime. 40% of the married couples with children in the U.S. are forming blended families right now. Today, my guest, Nicole Odom Hardnett, will be sharing on how to blend your perfect family. Nicole has counseled individuals on how to achieve success in this area and is mother to two biological children and five bonus children, as she says, and an expert on blended families. She owns four outpatient drug treatment and mental health facilities, and she has been a blended slash bonus family mom since 2013 and has lots of tips and stories to share. Sometimes the easiest way to learn is through shared experience which is why I'm so excited to have Nicole join me today. She's the author of two books, Blended to Perfection and Dating Made Simply for Women. uh, Nicole, I almost called you Michelle. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) Nicole, welcome to Momnificent. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's definitely a pleasure to be here. And Nicole, where are you enjoying Momnificent from? From Montgomery, Texas. Texas. Oh, but yes. I don't hear your accent. <laughs> no, I am actually a new Texas resident. I've, I've been here just a month shy of a year. Oh, oh, yeah. great. Well, welcome to your new, your new, your new life. Right. <laughs> right. Just prior to that, I was in Maryland. Oh, in Maryland. Okay. Right around the corner mm-hmm. from me because I'm in Delaware. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's funny because I took a training in Texas once, and I'm not kidding you. After the weekend, I came back talking with a little bit of an accent. <laughs> Maybe I just pick it up way quicker than most people, but uh, yeah, that's funny. Well, I wonder how long how long you'll last keeping your. Uh... It's funny because down there they think we have an accent here, and I'm like, what do you hear? Like to me, it's not different. Yeah, everyone says they can hear my accent, but I'm like, I'm not sure what you're hearing. Um... I know. I, I felt the same way. I'm like, I wish I could know what sounds different to you. Right. Anyway, so Nicole, I have this really fun question that I love asking my guests. What's one thing you've done recently that you haven't done for a while that just brings you joy? Oh my gosh. I went to bed early. <laughs> <laughs> that is like the best. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so valuable, especially these days. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I used to go to bed really early before I, well, when I was dating my husband, um, and I, I still get up early, but I went to bed early also. But the other night I went to bed early and I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm in my bed. And it is like, I think it was like 730 and the last time I saw my clock, I think it said 7.45 or 8 o'clock. Oh, my gosh. That is, like, the best. Good for you. Yes. 
good for you. I don't know when I'll do that again. <laughs> if, if ever. <laughs> right. But yeah, it felt, it felt like heaven. <laughs> but you enjoyed that moment. I and, I that. and I was it's feeling perfectly too. well. So that, that I was feeling well. Now I've done that not feeling well, right. but I was right. feeling well. And I did that. I love that. Okay. Well, you inspired me. I'm going to, I'm going to try to try that out, have a little joy in my life and go to bed early. (laughs) Um, So Nicole, um, what did you experience that led you to write your book blended to perfection? Like what was it that made you recognize even the need for a book like this? You, You know, it wasn't on purpose that I actually wrote the book. It didn't become purposeful until after I started thinking. And I actually started hearing people talk about some things that I had gone through personally. Um, And that was just hearing their reaction and their take on their moments in life um, of the things that I had encountered and kind of how I dealt with them. Um to realize that, hey, I have a story. Like I've been through some things and I dealt with my situation a little differently and I came out on another side. Um, And that's kind of what got me started because in the beginning with the whole just book situation, I actually started with my best friend. She always said she wanted to write a book. And so I was looking for someone to help her write a book. And the person asked me if I wanted to write a book. And I was like, oh, heavens no. I don't have anything to say. (laughs) I have nothing at all to say. You know, I just want to fall back and I'll be in the background. I'm good. And then I think it was like a year later after my my best friend decided she wasn't going to go through with it or she wasn't ready. And I was like, okay, I have a story to tell. And this, all this stuff started coming up. And I started hearing all these people talk about things that I've been through and so on and so forth. And then I was like, hey, I could do this. I have some things to say. Yeah, yeah. And right. so that, that, that was it. And then next thing I know, it was an outline. And then it was some writing. And then it went to the recording and the rest is history. And what have people told you? What feedback have you gotten from people about your book that maybe has surprised you or just inspired or, and even encouraged you? Um, they didn't know that about me, that I had been through those things in my life, um, that I was, that I actually shared some personal things about me because I'm not a very vocal person. I don't, I don't speak a lot unless I am spoken to. Like, I'm not a very outgoing conversationalist. If I'm at a party, yeah, I'm I'm not that person. If you come up and talk to me, we, I can, yeah, we'll have a conversation. I'm fine with that. But for me to get the party started, mm -mm, that's not me. So it was really, it was really surprising to people. And, and I think people are appreciating people who are opening up about real life because it is the life, like real life is, is all what we're living, but sometimes we make it all look like it's one way. And then when some people finally like open up about it, it's like, oh yeah, we are kind of all the same. We all just have stuff that we've gone through and it just makes us more human. Exactly. 
Exactly. Because, you know, people think that I just lived this oh so perfect life from childhood on and it's just not the case. And people got mm-hmm. to know what what makes me me. That's really beautiful. I love that you shared that. And I love that you you took a risk to write it. I mean, it takes a risk to put yourself out there like that. That's not comfortable. And that's, that's not easy. And, and um, it can really be encouraging to others. So through your experiences, you learned how important communication is and how to make it a priority and how to communicate. Can you share with us a little bit about that story? Yes. Um, I think communication is extremely important. I think I start the whole communication just thing with my with my kids. Um, I thought that it was very important not to know adult type things, but like our next steps, like where we're going, what we're doing, if we're moving. Like, I don't want them to come home and all of a sudden we're in a new place. <laughs> I like to prepare them. And the only way you can really prepare them is to talk to them about things. Um, so they don't need to know the intricacies of what's going on, but prepare them that, okay, we're going to the doctor today and they may give you a shot. They may not give you a shot. If they're at that age where they can understand. Mm-hmm. It's in the way that you present something, some information verbally to the kids to make them understand. And it also helps them, I believe, later in life and their understanding and their communication skills in all areas of life, not just school, relationships, just every aspect of life and how they deal with certain situations. It helps them. And then me being in a relationship um, I didn't have good communication skills early on. You know, I just bottled things up. And then, you know, when I got so angry and so tired of things, it just came out like, you know, like a roaring dragon. <laughs> and by that time, they were like, where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. They're like, well, okay, well, what happened? <laughs> you know, you were all good yesterday. And now you're, <laughs> you know, you're all purple and blue in the face all of a sudden, but it really wasn't all of a sudden. Everything was just so bottled up inside because I never talked about things along the way. If I didn't like something, I never said anything. I may have just said, well, you know, I really didn't understand that or I didn't care for that, but I didn't go into a full explanation of why I didn't care for something or why it didn't bother me. I would just, just, you know, push it to the side and just fluff over it. Whereas now, if I don't like something, I will explain why I don't like it or why it doesn't bother me. So I'm more vocal about things now. Or early on in this relationship, I really used my voice to explain why I am the way that I am. And I think that 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 helped our relationship early on to get to where it is now. Because without that communication, I think we would have went flat. We would have flatlined a long time ago. Yeah. It's funny. I I heard someone say once, when you get married, there's six people getting married. Who you are, who you think you are, who you really are, 
who they are, who they think you are, who, 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 who they really are. And I'm like, wow, that's so true. All of that, like, well, from my perspective or perception, X, Y, and Z from what I think you said or you didn't say. And we just make so many inferences that can and can't be like right spot on. So, Nicole, take us back a little bit. So, so you got divorced. What age were your kids? And then how, how long was it till you met your, your, your new partner and, and then kind of got married? Help fill the, those, those times in for our listeners. Oh, boy. So my, my age and year recollection is very difficult. <laughs> Just give us an estimate. So I know um, I got married. I've been married twice. So this is my second marriage. Um, my, I was married for about six, it was happily married, maybe for about, we last for about a year. Um, but the total marriage was probably about two years. Um, I think the divorce was in 2004, I believe. So I didn't marry again until... We married in 2013. Um, so I have been dating um, and then single, completely single, not dating for a while in all that time. Like I was just dating myself <laughs> for yeah. a, a long time in the, in the mix of that, getting to know me in the mix yeah. of that whole time. Um, so... My youngest was what one, one or two, almost almost two maybe. Um, when his dad left the house, um, so I was raising two kids by myself. My oldest son's dad was around. He supported financially, but he worked a lot of hours. Um, so he wasn't there physically for his son. So that made me really a single parent. Yeah. Um, my ex-husband was not a supportive father. Um, so I really raised two kids by myself until um, I dated some guys. I lived with one that was a decent role model for my, for my boys, um, throughout my, I guess my dating <laughs> life before my husband. And when my husband came along and we blended, that was, a quite a situation there. And, um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, how, how long did you wait till you had him meet your kids and vice versa? And was that like, did he have a, d a different idea than you of when it should be? So we, so this, the great thing about our relationship, it was a friendship first. We weren't interested in the kids meeting each other. We, we weren't interested in any of that. He, there were certain questions that were asked um, from him I think the expectations, he asked me, what were the expectations? And I told him, I didn't have any because I don't know you and you don't know me. So 
we couldn't have any expectations of each other, not knowing one another. Um, I just wanted to see where or if this could go anywhere. We're just going to be friends. We're just going to talk. We're going to see how this communication goes, and that's going to be it for, for there. And we were able to talk about any and everything. The sky was the limit on our communication. So it wasn't about having a really pursuing a relationship. It wasn't about necessarily kids. It, it wasn't any specific thing that we talked about daily. We talked about a little bit of everything. Both of us enjoyed business, even though I wasn't fully into business. I think I started my business maybe a week or two. Um, I registered my business before I met him. And so I was really gung-ho about business at that time. And um, that was part of my major in grad school. And so we were, I was able to communicate, like, we just, we just connected on a whole intellectual level. We talked about the world. We talked about our passions. We talked about our, our previous relationships. You name it, we talked about it. And so we connected so deeply on a friendship level that it just, all of a sudden, it was like before I realized it, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in love with this man. <laughs> because the conversation, he he had me mentally. And, and same with him. We just, we just connected on a whole other level. Um, and then we after we realized that this was something different, it, it was like, okay, now what? <laughs> and so at that point, we were like, we needed to change gears because he was married. Yeah. So when we met, he told me, okay, I'm separated. And I'm like, okay, what, what does that mean? What, how does that look? So he lived upstairs. She lived downstairs. And they lived in the same house. So I was very careful with this one because I was dating someone, but I wasn't on paper. <laughs> but I was living with someone. Um, but that mine was an easy fix because my relationship was way over. I had mentally checked out and he had mentally checked out. Both of them had been dating other people before we had even met. But they were just in the same house. But again, he was on paper, I wasn't. Um, so in this relationship, now I was, like I said, I was extremely careful because now I had feelings involved, which I didn't want to take it there. That wasn't my, my, on my agenda at all. Um, so I'm like, okay, now what do I do? So I'm not asking this question to him. I'm like thinking to myself, what do I do with this? So we had a conversation and his plan was to move out when his youngest daughter graduated from high school. 
So now we went back to that because I wasn't pressing that issue. That was something just that came up in a conversation before <clears throat> because I wasn't really entertaining a relationship with him at that time. I was just wanted to see where this was, what happened, how, you know, I was just enjoying the great conversation and learning some stuff from him and him learning some stuff from me. He had three girls that he lived with daily. I had two boys that I lived with daily. So we're learning, we're exchanging parenting tips from each other. So we're, we're helpful to each other. We're learning great things. He's taking business information from me and I'm taking so much more business information from him because he's been in it for way longer than I have, but I'm just giving him little tweaks and suggestions to his. Um, so I knew I was, I had a game plan. I had like, I knew what I was going to do. I knew I was moving out of my situation. Um, it was just a matter of finding me a place and moving on. And so I was already done. I, I think I moved out maybe a month to after month. So after we started dating, so it was, it wasn't that long after, uh, but that had already been in my plans. Well, once we started getting kind of serious, I'm like, look, I'm not going to hang around <laughs> until your daughter graduates from high school. I'm like, if this thing is going to be something and you're talking like this, then either you are going to be with me or you're going to stay right there, but I'm not going to wait. So that's not an option for me. And I left it at that. What, how, how old was she? How far away was she from high school graduating? She was in, is she, she was in middle school when we started. <laughs> yeah, she, but okay. she was on her way. I think she was in her, in the eighth grade. Um, so yeah, that was another four, a couple years. of years, four years. Yeah. yeah, right. I'm like, no way. I'm not going to do married man for that long. No way. I'm not doing that. That's not my MO. So I said it one time and I let it go. And the next thing that I knew is that he was looking for a place. And so that's, and then a, a, I think it was a year, it was a year after that, both of us were in our own places. And then as his kids would go to their mom, then we would spend time together on weekends and vice versa. And, you know, so, and then after both of us a year of living in our own places, then we decided to move in together. The kids met once we moved, once he moved into um, his place. The meeting of the kids went well. The, the two, my oldest and my middle daughter, they are, they have the same group of friends. So that was an instant connection. So that was great. My youngest daughter, youngest son, they they are three years apart, but they have, uh, I don't know, they have like this 
weird connection. And it's like now that if you were to say, you know, stepbrother, stepsister, oh my gosh, it is like you cursed somebody out. <laughs> uh, that's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. So the kids, wow. they connected. It was no problem. They all communicate very well. Even the the oldest ones participate in all the functions of the youngest ones, and every. So all of that is great. The own the issue that we had was with my oldest, the oldest daughter, and the mom. She went away to school. She went away to Rutgers, and then she came back closer um, to school. I think a year after. So when we moved into the house, all of us together, um, except for the oldest two boys, because they were older, they were already almost on their own. Um, one was the youngest of the oldest. He was, in, I think it was in his senior year, junior or senior year of college. Um, she went to Rutgers. Oh, oh, when we moved, when we moved into the house together, she moved out the next day and went to school. She was on her way to college the very next day. So she didn't really get a chance to know me like that. So she, we were together at housewarmings and, and things like that early on. We went bowling together. So we did some family activities together early on, um, movies and things like that. But though that was only for like an hour or two at a time. So we did fun stuff, but she never got to explore me like around the house and see my personality or anything like that. She went away to school, she came back, and when she came back, she was mostly with her mom. And her mom was still, I guess, upset or bitter or jealous, or I don't know what you wanna, how you wanna describe her. But she poured all of that negative energy and everything into her daughter which spilled over into our household. And it was about me and now my, at that time it was soon to be husband because we knew we were getting married. We got married two weeks after they got divorced. So he knew what he wanted. I'm like, are you sure you wanna do that? He's like, yep, I know what I want and that's it. And I'm like, okay. Wow. Yeah, so that's where the, the problems came in. And not only did it affect a relationship with um, me and the oldest daughter, it also affected the, the daughter-father um, relationship because of the mother's information that she was giving. And the, the bad thing about it is that the mother had never had a conversation with me. She doesn't know me and still to this day has not had a conversation with me and her children have lived inside of my house and you know we've had all these functions and everything so she doesn't know who I am as a as a person and she knows absolutely nothing about me which is which is sad yeah she only knows what she's heard of you but she doesn't know anything 
she doesn't has that, has that personal connection and she doesn't know you personally. Exactly. And here I am, I'm, I'm, you know, taking care of your, your children and, and you have no sort of information on who I am and what I'm all about. That must be really hard. So let's go back to, to the oldest daughter. She goes to the mom's house. She gets the earful of it. She comes with all the emotion that, that that mom is feeling and, and possibly talking to with her, talking with her. What if someone is, is, is facing that today? What, how did you get through it? What would you say to encourage a parent listening right now? Who's like, Oh my gosh, I know exactly what that's like. What, what helped you through or, or how can you help this, this person listening right now? kind of come through that on the side, what would you say? Oh my gosh. I, I would say, you know, I'm going to tell you that was the hardest thing to deal with. I've never had to deal with a situation like that ever. Um, you know, I'm not used to everyone liking me, but someone not liking you and you have absolutely no control over because you know that you did nothing wrong and there's absolutely nothing that you can do about it is very, very tough. Um, we all went to therapy uh, in the family. So I would definitely suggest that. And if you can talk to a, a therapist and let them know what's going on, if at all, if that is possible, I mean, because she was 18, it's a little different, difficult to get into those sessions. Um, but if that is at all possible where you can get in and you two can talk, to each other because we didn't communicate until, I don't know, it, it was probably almost six months to a year in that we actually talked to each other about the situation. I had to wait till she was ready to talk. I, you know, I didn't want to force myself on her. Um, I just had to deal with it. But what I had to do is really take my, all the emotions I had, all the personal stuff that I was going to, I, I just had to put it to the side and realize that this is a child. And here we have a woman that is, is, is hurt or whatever stuff that she has going on is spewing all of this to this, her daughter. And then my husband is caught in the middle of this because now he has a new wife that is feeling just awful and can't do anything about it. But now you have your daughter who doesn't know which side to choose, mommy or daddy. Right, and right. It's like, like taking sides. You know, I can't expect my husband to choose me over his daughter. I mean, I'm a parent. I, I It would be unfair for me to do that. I mean, like th this young lady is, she was 18. At the time, she's still technically a little girl because 18-year-olds, they still don't know what's out here in the world, what's going on. This is still mommy and daddy. Mm -hmm. So, but someone now, if they're filling the head, this young girl's head with all of this stuff and you're putting them in adult situations and she's never been in this type of situation before. You've never, she's never been married. You know, you, you've never had, she's never had intimacy at that type of level to know what's going on or had gone on between these two people. 
And, you know, I was angry because like, how dare you put this girl in this position? And now she is angry with her dad for hurting her mom. And I'm like, I'm pissed off over here, <laughs> but I, I just, right. you're hurting too. I'm hurting too, but I'm like, yeah. I no one wins. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a winning situation either, any way you turn. So I had to, you know, put my big girl panties on and just take my emotions and just make myself busy with other things. And that's when I developed those patients. And, yes. and-, <laughs> and that's what I was going to ask you about, because you mentioned that you weren't always a patient person. But then there was a time you developed patience and you also mentioned that mindfulness or meditation helped you. And I'd love you to share with us, you know, what happened before that and and where are you now with that? So that that was a time when I developed the patience. It it was like, you know, what, what do I do? What, you know, I've gone to therapy. I've talked it over. Like I've talked so much till. I'm like blue in the face now. Like what happens next? After we talk about it in therapy and I go home and nothing's changing, what's what's happening? So I just had to find a quiet place where I could just let everything go. It was a lot of tears, uh, just, uh, just a lot all the time. I cried all the time because I just wanted things to change, but I wanted them to change quickly in, in my time frame. And, and it came a time when I realized, okay, this isn't going anywhere. This me wanting to hurry this quick fix as I usually want things to be fixed quickly is just not going anywhere until she realizes that I am not a bad person. I am not the one that broke up your mom and dad's marriage. I mean, I was the one that everybody wanted to be the fall guy but everyone knew that they were dating before and a number of people before I even came along. And it was just like, okay, I am the fall guy. I'm just gonna have to own up to that, whatever it is, I'm just gonna take it. And I just needed to clear my mind and I found me a quiet place in my house and just, like my woosa, my whole <laughs> deep breathing and everything. And that's what helped me get through it. And before I, kn- I knew it, it was like she started dating someone and her mom and grandma started treating him like she was treating me. And that's when the reality set in. And she realized what she had been doing to me. The conversation helped because I was when I was completely honest. And some of the most of the things that I said to her from the questions that she asked me were pretty much the same that her what her dad told her from the beginning. But I just elaborated on most of them. And so it got the tension eased a little after our conversation, but it was like a real, a real reality check when she got that boyfriend and she, and she felt bad after that. Yeah. Right. 
and sometimes hindsight is twenty twenty, like they say, right? But, but I think what you're saying to encourage us today is just be patient. Like, and you're right, we do want that fix, quick fix. We're the McDonald era where like I ordered it and it should be here in three minutes or less. Um, like exactly. it, it, it's hard, but, but what, what's that other saying? Like anything worth anything in life comes with a price or with, with, and, and yeah. what you went through that difficult time you went through, you know, now you do have something beautiful and she, she grew as a person and, and, in, in her development as well. I want to, yeah. I want to go back to, um, why do you say leave your kids out of mommy and daddy's drama? Why is that so important? And when can we talk about those moments? Because we need to have an outlet. Um, so what can you share with us to help from that experience you had? So kids should not be, they should not be in the mommy daddy drama. They are not in a, a headspace to understand what's going on because they've never been through it and they should never go through it until they're ready to go through it. And they're at that age when they're at that age where mommy and daddy are to go through it so they can understand it. But where they are, they should not be forced to choose sides. Their love for mommy and daddy is different than the love that mommy and daddy have for each other. So they cannot begin to understand what mommy and daddy have going on. Leave the kids as being kids. Don't put them in adult spaces. I think it's so unfair when adults talk about the mom to the child and how they feel about that parent or the you know, the dad to the child and how they feel about that, that it's, it's not fair because the child loves that parent differently and they see them in different eyes. Their mom is their superhero and their dad is their, their superhero and leave them with that impression of that person, no matter what. And later on in life, they will form their own impression of that person if they're not doing whatever they're supposed to be doing, you know, for them. If they're not taking care of them, if they're not being financial or a responsible parent, the child will know. They'll grow to an age that they'll figure it out themselves. But don't force your opinions on them. So good. So valuable. Thank you for taking the time to really share that with us. So what is one valuable lesson that you've learned over the years that you want to leave our listeners with today? Maybe it's something you wish someone had taught you early on and just any, any, any lesson you want to pick out of all the multitudes that I'm sure were there. What's, what's one thing you want to just say to any listener who might be going through what you're saying, might, might know someone going through what, what you're, you're explaining and going through, um, yeah, whatever, whatever is on your mind. You know, um, I think for this relationship, especially, I've worked hard at it and for it. So when you work hard for something, you appreciate it so, so much more. So whatever you work hard at or for, you really appreciate it. This is the longest relationship 
that I've ever been in. And I don't think that I would have been in this relationship had I not have done the work prior to and during the relationship. Um, so doing that hard work, it, it really makes you appreciate, you know, what, you, what you're in, what you're living through so much, so, so much more. And how long has that been for you so far? So we'll be married nine years in February, on February the 13th. I'm sorry, February oh, wow. 7th. February 7th. Wow. Congratulations. And, and, and what's your age difference between you and your husband? It, it's almost, it's almost eight years. So it's like seven and some change. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time to share with us. And I hope, um, that there was some inspiration that just any listener was able to take away in these few minutes, just hearing your story. And I'll put the, the links to your books in the description notes of this show. And where would you like anyone to go who wants to find or follow you? Um, well, I am on Facebook and I'm on uh, Instagram. My Facebook is at Talk to Nicole uh, OH. And for Facebook, it's just Talk, talk to Nicole. And I'm also, I have a website, which is talksonicole.com. And, or you can email me, Nicole at talksonicole.com. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I'll add all that in the description notes. If, if you're driving or listening, you don't have a pen to write anything down. Just look in those description notes later. Well, Nicole, thank you and keeping you and your story is encouraging so many people and um, thank you. You're, you. you're making a difference because of your space coming from a space of vulnerability and taking that risk to put yourself out there. So on behalf of all of those who ha have listened to your story, who have yet to listen, sometimes we don't know the impact that we have and that we make, that ripple effect that goes out. So on behalf of everyone who is touched by you, I just want to take a moment and just say thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's definitely a pleasure being here. Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Momnificent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment, but feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember, don't worry, be happy.